0: Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now... Let's dive into God's Word. A reading from Genesis. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground. But a stream would rise from the earth, and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flows out of even Eden to water the garden, and from there it divides and becomes four branches. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Belium and ox, onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris, which flows east of Assyria, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day that you eat of it you shall die. Then the Lord God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to birds of the air and every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I want to tell you a story. I don't know who came up with this story. Um, Think of it as like a parable or something if you want. Uh, If I knew, I would give credit to the person who wrote it. But it's like a fable. So there was a mouse, and this mouse was in a house, of course, and a farm, and the mouse was peeking through the crack in the wall and was watching that the farmer had gotten something for his wife. And so the mouse was curious, is this going to be food? Am I going to have a feast later? And the wife opens it up, and what she finds in there is a mousetrap, trap. And the mouse says, Oh, that's not good. And so the mouse runs out to the barn. And the mouse goes to the chicken Chicken, chicken, I got really bad news. There's the, the farmer got a mouse trap. I'm really worried. And the chicken says, Oh, well, sex for you. <laughs> I'm kind of busy right now. Mouse is kind of distraught. So then the mouse goes to the pig. Pig, I, I, I don't know what to do. The farmer got a mouse trap. I'm really worried about this. Farmer says, well, I mean the, uh, the pig says, uh, not a whole lot I can do about that. You'll be in my thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Mouse runs over to the cow. Cow, I, I don't know what to do. The farmer got a mouse trap. I'm really worried about this. And the cow says, uh, mouse trap? What's that? <laughs> and, and so the mouse goes away distraught. Nobody's gonna do anything about this. They don't even seem to care. So he goes to bed, just completely distraught. It's the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, in the house, oof, the mousetrap went off. The farmer's wife, it's the middle of the night, it's dark, the farmer's wife gets up, runs to where she had put the mousetrap to see if she caught the prize. Remember, it's dark, and she can't exactly see what's going on, well, the mousetrap caught a venomous sa- snake. She didn't realize that. She's reaching down and gets bit by the snake. Woo, that's not good. Farmer takes, the, takes her to the, uh, after she screams, of course. Uh, <laughs> the farmer finds his wife, takes her to the hospital. The hospital gives her some medication, sends her home. She's got a fever, though, and so everybody knows that the cure for a fever, the way you treat a fever, is with chicken soup. And so the farmer goes out to the barn, slutters the chicken. Well, she gets worse. Things are not looking good for the farmer's wife. And so all the friends and neighbors come over to sit with her while she's just not doing well. And so the farmer's like, i got to feed these people. They're sitting with her night and day so that I can continue to do farming. So he's like, well, I'm going to slaughter the pig. Slaughter's the pig. No, needless to say, it's sad, but the wife dies. It's really sad. Um, And so what happens is they have a funeral, and they decide they're going to have the funeral at the farm. And... There's a whole lot of folks, because they were well-liked in the community. And so you got to feed those people. And so they slaughter the cow. And the moral of the story is, they're all interconnected, right? The mouse was saying about, hey, I've got this mouse trap. This is only affecting me. And it turns out, no, this affected everybody in this. I I tell you that story because... I think it relates to what we're talking about here with this creation account. How many of you knew that there's two creation accounts? Not, not everybody knows that, not everybody realizes, because the other one, this one doesn't show up in the regular lectionary, and so it gets passed over and all of this, right? But there's two creation accounts, and they're different. They focus on different things. The first one that we're used to, you know, the seven-day creation Story, God said, and let it be, and so it was, that type of thing. It's about order and chaos. God bringing order out of chaos, and the height of creation is not humanity, but Sabbath rest. This one is different. When you heard this, when you heard this story, what did you hear? What, what came to mind about, about this story? What did you hear as far as, far as a theme goes? What what's that? Trees. 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 T- two t- types t- of trees. Two types of trees, right? There's always, there's these theories about what these trees mean, and you can search about different things. They're symbolic, right? The tree of life, which ironically in this one, God doesn't say don't eat from that tree, <laughs> which is really interesting. Um, and think of the implications that could have happened, right? Of course, these are mythological stories, that are based in truth. As Lutherans, we don't buy into the idea that this has to be literally true, that there is an element of truth that is trying to be explained. Creation stories are important. Creation stories give us a sense of how did we get to here? That's what the the folks who told these stories originally were really concerned about. How did we get to this situation where People are killing each other. <laughs> That's what has been going on in humanity for a really long time. How did we get to this? The first 11 chapters of Genesis are the prehistory time. And there's are stories that have been passed down through generations to give an explanation of why. And there's different accounts. It doesn't matter if it's literally true or not because there's an element of truth and something that's being taught. And that's what I want to focus on in this. So when we think about these, these creation stories, and there are other type of creation stories. I'm not just talking about creation of the world. Think about this. There are other types of creation stories. Our nation has a creation story behind it. Right, we have characters, we have figures, right? We know the story about uh, the common story about George Washington. What did he chop down a cherry tree or something like that? Right, that's part of the creation story of the of the nation. Does it matter if it's true or not? No, because it's talking about the character of the person. That's the whole the whole point of of stories like that. Creation stories try to emphasize. And creation stories give us a sense of where we came from. The first creation story in Genesis 1 is about order and chaos, as I mentioned. That's what the concern is. This one is different. This one doesn't have the order of the days. It doesn't have how creation really kind of came about. It's not the focus. It's not what's important to this creation story. What's really important in this creation story is the interconnectedness. How important everything is and how connected everything is. This is a really important story for us in a society that oftentimes is very focused on individualism. This is a radical story in this. The interconnectedness of this goes throughout and and so there's there's really neat stuff that's going on in the Hebrew as well. And I don't want to bowl you over with all sorts of Hebrew and everything, but we lose a lot of it in the translation because English isn't the same as Hebrew. But there's play on words that happen throughout all of this. Right at the, at the beginning here where it talks about, in verse 7, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, the words there are Hadam, for man, which oftentimes gets translated as Adam, because it sounds like it, and Hadamah, for ground, earth. The earthling, is another way of translating, came from the earth. The, the deep connection that's going on there, the Hebrew recognizes, the interconnectedness, that we are connected to the earth, we are connected to the planet, to the rest of creation. We are not separate from it. And then when you get towards the end, in verse uh, 23 where it starts, the man said, this last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. You hear that interconnectedness in there. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. The words there, man is ish, and woman is isha. There's a connection between this. This is a story also in which we don't have a hierarchy. As in the other in the other creation story you have, you know, first this was created, then this and it keeps building up. In this story man is created, then there's a bunch of other stuff and he's naming things and all that and then finally woman is there but She's not below anybody else in this. There's no sense of that. God is interested in community, creating a helper. That doesn't mean a servant. That's an equal partner. Why? Because, as it said, God put man in the garden to till it and to keep it. This is, this is a story of God being active. God literally plants a garden, gets, gets God's hands dirty. It's not like the first story God said, and therefore it happened. God plants a garden. God is active in doing things. And God gives a job to, to, the, to the creature he has created to care for God's creation stewardship of the earth. It is not humanities. We don't own it. And we're not called to subdue it and take it over. We're called to care for it. And how, how needed that is in our world, right? There is in this a sense of serving and caring for one another, a sense of stewardship, this interconnectedness. There's, there's abundance that is in here. You can eat from any tree. except for this one. And so there are boundaries as well. God is creating some sense of order but it's not the main focus on this. There's lots of things going on in this story. I think ultimately creation stories are really important because as I said they give us a sense of where we came from. But it also gives us a sense of where are we going? This creation story is the front bookend of Scripture. And when we get to Revelation, we get the other bookend. And if you remember, Revelation 21 talks about that heaven will come down out of the sky and God will dwell in creation. It's not a matter that God is angry and is going to destroy creation because God has called creation good. God does not want to destroy what God has called good. God wants to restore. And what is that restoration? It's more like what God started with. With Eden, where there is partnership, where there is a sense of community, where there is interconnectedness and an understanding that we're not separate, we're connected. Our survival relies on each other that we can't just go off and do our own thing and be all right. We're not. We're never going to be all right by ourselves. God made us to be in community. God is in community. That's what the Trinity is. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is the perfect community, interrelating constantly in love. The larger Jewish concept is this word shalom, shalom. Shalom oftentimes get used as a, as a greeting of peace, be with you. But there's this larger sense of what shalom is. Shalom is wholeness, completeness, enoughness. And that's what we get in the creation story. It's a sense of wholeness. Creation is planted by God. We have enough. God says, you can eat of anything that's here. There is enough. There will always be enough. Scarcity isn't a part of God's plan, and it's not part of what God has created. That's something that we humans do. There's an interconnectedness that we need to rely on each other. There's a sense of service to each other and helping each other, being together. This is what love is all about. This is what shalom is all about. So I want us to think, as we're closing out here, where do you see the creation story in your life? Where do you see the creation story in your life? Where do you see that sense of interconnectedness? Where have you seen it in this past week? Where have you seen that sense of service? Where have you seen that sense of love that sense of shalom, that sense of completeness, the sense of care of creation. Where have you seen that? Anybody got examples? Go ahead. Actually, at work. At work. I I were a new yeah. New facility, and they made the discovery uh, this week. Really, that
1: we started talking about it. Yeah. It all came down to people. And if we were going to succeed or fail, it's about people.
0: Yes. It's about the people. I love that. That's beautiful. That's great. Anyone else? Go ahead. Okay? Yeah, more alike than different. Absolutely, right? That interconnectedness. Yeah, go ahead.
1: we're connected to animals, we're connected to the trees, we're connected to
0: Right? Earth. Yeah, that connectedness, right? Absolutely. Yeah, anyone else? These are great examples. Go ahead.
1: Anna and Dee and I were at Edison Village uh, yesterday. Um, We were doing a P2H event. Uh Those things are just absolutely so uplifting and amazing.
0: And a sense of community that comes together, right? It is just
1: wonderful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anyone else? These are great examples. I I, can tell you two two simple examples that I saw, the sense of creation welling up, that God's creation and then this interconnectedness. One was just on Friday. So uh, there was the United Way Day of Caring and we had a group here from Erie Insurance. And one of the jobs that I had them do was clean up outside all the way around the building and made it look great and beautiful and made it look alive. It was beautiful. The other was a story that, that I ended up sharing with, with, uh, with Grant. Um, it was this uh, track meet, the, our cross-country invitational. And, and the first person, and this was in Wisconsin, and the first person crosses the finish line, and uh, they did like a personal best, and that was great. And then the second guy, he's not far from the finish line, maybe 10 meters or something like that, maybe not even, and he falls down. Falls down at the end of 5K, and there's two guys behind him from the other team. And they pass, and the one guy stops and turns around, and the other, his teammate, comes back. They lift him up, and they help him finish the the cross the finish line. And he finished second because of that, so he's on the, 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 the stand at the end, right? And they interviewed these kids after why'd you do that? You you missed, especially the number four player, uh, four runner, he missed his opportunity to be on the stand because of that. Because he finished fourth, not third. And they said he had run such a great race. They didn't even know his name. (laughs) He had run such a great race, he deserved to finish that. Because I've been there too. Isn't that amazing? That interconnectedness, that sense of service, the caring for others. That's amazing. Yes.
1: I'd like to say to Ashley. Yes. Ashley does that every time Olivia's here. Yes. She holds her hand and. Absolutely. Walks her down because she knows she needs help.
0: Absolutely. That. This is this is why we have a congregation. It's not going to be perfect. We're, God isn't looking for us to be perfect. This is remember, confession and forgiveness. <laughs> it helps us out. <laughs> Right? God isn't looking for us to be perfect. God made us to go and serve. Yes. I saw a video, and, and social media can be good and bad, Yeah, sure. good. Someone was chasing down a car in an intersection where the woman had just gone, had just fainted. Oh, wow. And they chased it down, and all those people helped to get them out of the car Yeah. And get to CPR and everything. Yeah, like yeah. So, it was just a wonderful, everyone came, everyone stopped in the intersection and helped out. I, I think these are awesome stories in the sense that what happens is that creation can't be kept down. God's creation, and I'm using that in a broad sense of what God does and who God is. So we want to talk about God or God's creation that is always going to well up. It's always going to well up. It can't be put down. As Jesus says, the gates of hell will not prevail God is always at work and active because that garden continues to grow. Eric, go ahead. Say it loud. Yeah.
1: <gasps> it depends on this track. It depends on the personalities. Steve knows more about this than I do. But at some tracks... If there's a driver, say there's a driver in front on some of the tracks, the driver will, as they say, push.
0: Push. The
1: driver in front. And there was a particular Daytona Five Hundred when Steve's driver on the last lap pushed my driver the
0: wind okay. and
1: this is not it depends on the track Sure. It who's running where they are uh, this pushing it it happens and yep. in situations where maybe Steve's driver would have I don't know pulled away perhaps he could have won but um uh, this is an example of where, like, the fourth place.
0: Yeah. Did,
1: you know, in this instance, Steve's driver gave up. Right. What he may have had. Right. Um, so I see that <laughs> a bit. Yeah. And it's, it, it is a form of community.
0: Absolutely. It's, it is a sense of community. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, so the, the whole point of, of all these, these are great examples, is pay attention to how God's creation continues to grow. Like, you know, Jesus calls the kingdom of God a weed because you, it's really hard to kill it off. <laughs> I think that's part of a translation of it. God's kingdom, God's creation continues to sprout forth. And that's a beautiful thing. And it keeps coming at us like a weed because no matter how hard humanity tries to put it down, it keeps coming forth. And it keeps locking us into how connected we are, how much we're called to serve and love, and how God is active all the time in the care of God's creation. And that includes you and me. Thanks be to God. Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at ChristHarrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you, and I pray that you have a blessed week.